Chris Herod on here before too. You've moved studios. This is this is nice here. Yeah, fancy, new and improved. <laughs> we're we're we're, uh, we're we're moving along. So for our listeners, you can uh, right now K Talk uh, stream's not really working. So if you can't catch us there, you can follow us. We encourage our listeners to actually watch on YouTube. Uh, do a search for We Are the People Radio. Uh, you can also uh, follow us on Podbeam, Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, any of those. Just do a search for We Are the People Radio. Or if you're on Instagram, do a search for We Are the People UT. Same, same for uh, Facebook, We Are the People UT. But to watch, check us out on YouTube. Subscribe. Um, I really like having... You know, both these guys in here today. Today we're going to be talking about Ukraine, uh, we're about uh, the war with Russia. But uh, obviously this has huge implications on, on our country and on our world right now, the whole world. Um, I, think, I think it's safe to say we are, we're, we're teetering if you were not already in the beginnings of World War III. And... Ukraine is at the center of everything, and some people would say we're not in a war with Russia. This is you, between Ukraine and Russia. I would say this is a war of, of, um, between America and Russia. Um, we're the ones supplying the bullets. We're supplying uh, the money, and in some instances, we're supplying uh, men. So uh, I wanted to bring in David Pine and uh, Chris here. By the way, um, let's let's get a couple good introductions. I'll start with uh, Chris Herod. Ran for his run for U.S. Congress a couple of a, f- a few times. No, I have, uh, I, I w- and and just was running against our nemesis, <laughs> the Rhino himself, John Curtis. We can all agree on that. Yeah, yeah that guy's a piece of work. That doesn't and it doesn't end. It keeps getting worse. <laughs> yeah, the guy has a real problem with honesty, doesn't he? he, he we were just, just talking about he that. He just got back from uh, COPE t- uh, 2027, 20, too. What are your thoughts about that? What are your thoughts on Curtis? You know, well, I'm, you know, I'm not a big, uh, big fan, uh, obviously, if I've run against him. Uh, you know, it, I call me old-fashioned. I think people should just say what they believe. And, yeah. and you shouldn't tailor a message to one people and, and to another. And um, and that's my frustration. What, wasn't it funny when we were running how we, because we, you know, when we were in for offices, you know, we we were with John Curtis and we, we'd go and uh, whether it was Salt Lake or then we'd go down to Provo, we'd go out to uh, Iron County, we'd, we'd go out to, uh, I mean, all around Utah, rural areas. And it seemed like every area there was, he had a different message, it seemed like. It was like always, you know, he was, you know, when he was out in Duchesne, it was he was the king of, you know, no one's done more for energy independence than uh, John Curtis. Then when he's in Salt Lake, it's he, he's leading the uh, um, conservative climate change. The climate change <laughs> caucus. Yeah. He's he's no one's done more to for conserve for for climate change so than John really. Curtis. I mean, just it's just that's how these politicians are. It's yeah. They, honestly, I just think they're scumbags. They have one per goal, and that's to climb the power structure. They're not about the people; they're about themselves. And and uh, it's to me, it just disgusts me. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, thank you for fighting the fight. <laughs> Wish we had more people awake. And uh, you know, the reality is, I think had we had our elections been a little more secure, I don't think he would have got as far as he did personally. But you know, whatever. All right. So, thank you for being here. Thanks, uh, Dr. David Pine. Give us a brief introduction. 
Well, oh, thanks, Jason. Uh, it's, it's great to be back. And by the way, um, I'm a I'm a JD, not a, not a doctor, a Juris Doctorate. But uh, a lot of people make that mistake. Some people um, even promote me uh, from what my actual military rank was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm the uh, deputy director of um, uh, national operations for the task force on national and homeland security. And um, uh, what our mission is, to, it's uh, not just to protect the country against the EMP attack, but really to uh, create awareness of, uh, of uh, existential threats, uh, including nuclear and cyber attack as well. And uh, we, we had, uh, Dr. Peter Pry was our, our uh, longtime executive director, unfortunately he passed away a few months ago. Uh, but I've been doing my best to uh, kind of um, further his life's mission, uh, which is to uh, really to to protect, defend, and, and uh, deter attacks against uh, the United States and ensure our our national survival. And you've created some waves, haven't you? I have. I'm on the Ukrainian hit list. Uh, not I wasn't so uh, privileged to be on their their kill list uh, as Colonel McGregor is and others, but. Uh, yeah, like Tucker, Tucker Carlson and Tulsi Gabbard, I am, I'm on their, their blacklist along with uh, 34 other Americans. Well, I, I salute you. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. So what we want to talk about today is Ukraine. Um, should we be there? What should we be doing now? What should be the strategy going forward? And um, I'd like to, um, Chris, I'd like to have you kind of take, you know, start us out here. Tell us your thoughts on Ukraine. Should we be involved with Ukraine? W what are your thoughts on the conflict uh, in Ukraine? Um, well, you know, I, I think it's, first, if I can just introduce my experience in Ukraine. Yes. In uh, 1992, just after the Soviet Union uh, fell apart, uh, I went over and taught at, in uh, Kharkiv, Ukraine. Um, I ended up meeting my wife there, but my sponsoring professor, uh, her husband, is a, a world-renowned uh, mathematician. And I, and I didn't actually know this until actually recently, but Kharkiv was kind of the intellectual se center of the, the former Soviet Union. Uh, and, uh, and so I interacted, uh, you know, one of the great ironies is that many of the weapons uh, that are being used against the Ukraine were actually designed in Kharkiv, uh, because that was kind of where and if, if a missile is more than 30 years old, there's a chance that it was actually built in Kharkiv. Mm. Uh, my father-in-law actually worked his entire career at a tank factory in, in Kharkiv. And so I was the first uh, uh, American that many people had, had met. And so I was there uh, literally when, it, uh, when the Soviet Union fell apart. And I can tell you, you know, my, my experience, um, you know, David and I agree on, on most things. Uh, we have a slight difference on a, on a few other things, and just and I think that's partially because of our experiences are different. You know, I I had two uh, Soviet colonels in my class, and uh, I I learned very quickly that uh, we had built up the Soviet Union. They were very good at certain things, but they were, you know, the Soviet Union was a third world country that had nuclear weapons, and it doesn't take very many nuclear weapons. In fact. You know, with an EMP, it can take one or two, and you can wipe out the, you know, you can you can send us back to the to to that. But but they um, sometimes we forget just about the ineptness of communism, and that's one of the things that I think the conservatives always need to re hit up. That system doesn't work. 
you know, I, I learned when I was there that I was amazed that we didn't have World War III accidentally, uh, just because the Soviet Union, I mean, they couldn't hold a, a, a door a door straight. They couldn't frame it right. And even my friend that's, uh, you know, that this world-famous mathematician who, who's now in Israel, but he would joke that they can design it, but, but getting it built, and that's one of the things that communism and socialism is not very good at is at quality control. So they could design it, but they would joke that they didn't know if it would automatically go off. Like I said, if you got 5,000 of them, uh, a whole lot of them, half of them don't, could not go off and you can still have the damage. But, but the biggest difference or the, the thing that I think that's relevant to our conversation today is uh, 30 years ago, the Ukrainian and Russian uh, mentality was, was similar. They had just experienced 70 years of, of brutal communism. And if you really understand Russian history, it's, it's really 700 years of, of brutal, of, of being, uh, you know, uh, um, no, what's it called when somebody is, a, no, not, not a Slav, but a, 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 a serf, yeah. you know, I mean, that, and that does something. And the one difference that I have experienced in 30 years is that, um, you know, Kharkov, the, the city is predominantly Russian. I mean, it's actually it's 90% it's Russian speaking. If you would have asked back then, I think a lot of those individuals would have wanted to go back to Russia. But the difference now is, is that they've tasted 30 years of freedom with all their problems. They still, the legacy of communism is their corruption. Uh, it's, it's a problem with Eastern Europe. Uh, uh, but they will not go back. They do not want to go back. And so, you know, m one of the things I've talked about is I, I do think that uh, it's important that we kind of set the parameters. And, and one of the things that Putin has done very good at is, you know, trying to say that he's rescuing Russian-speaking Ukrainians. Well, that's simply, again, Har Kharkiv is 100% Russian-speaking. My wife grew up speaking Russian, but they do not want to go back. Mariupol was 100% Russian-speaking, Kyrzhan. And so we can agree on certain things, but I think we need to make sure that the underlying facts are that most Ukrainians don't want to go back, even Russian-speaking Ukrainians. Uh, he's playing on so, that. Okay, so what is your... so? So okay, so Ukrainians don't want to go back to Russia. Yeah. They don't want to. They they want to stay independent. So, what is are so is your? Do you believe we should be involved with Ukraine? Well, you know, I, I uh, and this is where I think I differ from Dave. Is I, I support the military, uh, the weapons and th and things like that, uh, giving to Ukraine. What I don't support because I think there's great forces in the world, and I would I would differ that I actually more than the United States versus Russia, this is the World Economic Forum against Russia, is what the, they're, they're using the United States and our money to take, because China and Russia stands uh, in the way of the World Economic Forum being able to do what they do. They have to take those military out. And they're willing to bankrupt the United States. It also gets us out of the way as well. And so I, I support giving the weapons, but I do not support you know, the, the, the $40 billion. Because we're back to where we are before uh, Trump came to office, whereas we're back to funding European socialism. Uh, we have we have funded Europe's socialism for the last, I would argue, the last 50 years. We we pro uh, protected them militarily, and uh, the people that have paid for it are the American citizens, and they got to do all their socialist programs and things like that. And you know, Trump kind of 
said, hey, you know, you, you start paying your 2% or, you know, we're going to uh, look back at NATO and, and, and reevaluate that. And what Trump get, never gets credit for what did, what did Europe do? They, start, they started that. And so, so, so what are your thoughts on uh, Biden's been very interested in Ukraine since before he was president. He's had some, a lot of dealings with, with Ukraine. I'll be honest, Ukraine just seems like it's a very corrupt country. Oh, uh, it, there, there's no question about it. And, but it is, uh, again, I was there 30 years ago, and it was equal with Russia. Uh, and it's still corrupt, but it is light years now ahead of, of uh, uh, Russia as far as corruption. So why, are, why are we there? I mean, Biden wants us there. Biden has his dealings with, 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 with Burisma, remember? I mean, everything with his son. I mean— there's there's clearly money laundering going on through through um, Ukraine. It's it's clearly a high center of corruption. Uh, so I'm trying to understand what justification we have for well I, for, for the relationship there. Yeah, when you looked at you know when when I first came in, uh, Ronald Reagan uh, was playing in the background. Yes. and I lived twice in Europe during Ronald Reagan's administration. And, uh, you know, one of the things that they said about Ronald Reagan is that he's going to get us World War III. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's this uneducated cowboy that's going to get us into World War III. I, you know, I lived in Sweden. I lived in uh, Austria. Uh, but he understood the Soviets very well. He says the only thing the Soviets understand is brute force. And he had to, you know, he, uh, many of the problems that Western Europe is experiencing right now, Reagan, if they would have listened to Reagan, they wouldn't be experiencing it. He warned them. He did everything he could to rob them of higher currency, of not getting dependent on uh, Russian natural gas, natural uh, gas in general, uh, but they didn't listen to him. And so for me, the, you know, and this is the difficult balance that you have. How do you, how do you uh, push back against the Soviet Union and not get us into World War III, and and this is the danger of. You mean Russia? Uh, or, or, yeah. Or, yeah, Russia. Yeah. What, what, did, what did I say? You said the Soviet. Oh, the, the Soviet. Yeah, yeah. Russia. <laughs> and and that's always the difficulty is because you know whether it's the domino theory, and I know that uh, you know, uh, I think that that actually doctrine was was uh, uh, misused often, but but the question is is do you think if Ukraine falls? Does it cause a cascading problem like that? And and for me, I think we can do it in a way that, you know, you look who was the biggest supporter of, of President Trump. It was actually Eastern European countries that were Trump, that they support. There's something about somebody that has just come from servitude. They value freedom more than most people. And so that's where it is. My fear is if we do nothing, that then that some of those allies will lose respect for us. Uh, and again, in, in the grand scheme of things, uh, if Ukraine falls, it's not a consequence militarily. But I do think that if Ukraine, I think the world owes the Ukrainian people a great deal of gratitude because if Ukraine would have fallen, I really believe that Xi would have already taken over Taiwan. And if Taiwan falls, it's a much bigger problem. Uh, I, I agree with that. Yeah. David Pine, tell us your thoughts on all this. Well, I appreciate Chris giving us a history lesson because I think that's what we really need. We need historical perspective. And it starts with, uh, it does start with the Soviets. Um, you know, the, the whole Holodomor um, in which uh, Stalin killed, you know, he mass murdered six to 10 million Soviets, uh, two to four million of which was during World War II. A lot of people don't realize uh, 
the Ukraine was more brutalized by the Soviets, by Stalin, than it was by Hitler. And it, it was genocide. And that is, that is uh, a memory that's been etched on um, every elderly Ukrainian, uh, you know, has, has heard firsthand stories of that from their parents and, and grandparents. And so, um, you know, in terms of Eastern Europeans, I mean, they've lived under Soviet communism. You know, um, they, they did for over 50 years, and in the case of Ukraine, uh, 70 years. And um, so, so that is, uh, that definitely explains, you know, what, uh, why they, uh, their hatred of Russia, essentially. But um, in terms of, you know, at the end of the Cold War, Reagan actually, um, you know, he, he spoke tough, but during his second term, he essentially managed the collapse of the Soviet Union. He did so by negotiated agreements, negotiated peace agreements, arms control agreements, uh, things that uh, Biden would never, never possibly consider uh, with Russia because of, you know, the way he's painted Putin as, uh, you know, a new Hitler or a new Stalin, uh, which he's not, you know. I mean, the Russian Empire is simply not, it's not an uh, all-powerful evil Soviet Empire that we, we faced uh, during the 20th century. Um, but, uh, you know, at the, end of the, at the end of the Cold War, um, Yeltsin, uh, Gorbachev first uh, wanted to join NATO, Yeltsin, and then even Putin, you know, uh, uh, expressed uh, an interest in joining NATO. And we kind of locked the Russians out. We locked the Russians out of, uh, of the security architecture of Europe and uh, did, did the exact opposite of what we should have done, um, which is uh, to, you know, we expanded um, NATO eastward. And that's really the key to understanding why Putin invaded Ukraine in the first place. Uh, you know, we have this problem here in America. U.S. leaders think in terms of mirror imaging. We assume everyone thinks the same way as we do. We selfishly, uh, you know, impose our own interests and viewpoints all across the world. And in terms of, you know, the Russian viewpoint is, you, I mean, when we're talking about a, a nuclear superpower with four to five times more nukes than we do, and with EMP weapons, as, as Chris mentioned, that uh, even one of which could potentially destroy the entire country and kill uh, 275 million Americans, uh, you know, if we provoke them to, um, it's, it's really, it's, it's a very existential threat uh, that this war in Ukraine, uh, you know, Dr. Peter Pry, before he died, he, he spoke endlessly. I, I've been watching a number, re-watching a number of his videos in which he he uh, openly worried about, you know, the, the outbreak of World War III, uh, provoking a, a nuclear, a Russian nuclear EMP attack in the U.S. And we, you know, this would be an unnecessary world war. And not only would it be an unnecessary world war, but the actual invasion of, of the Russian invasion of Ukraine was an unnecessary war. Uh, they offered, you know, Putin uh, initially offered a, a mutual security agreement to the U.S. and NATO back in 2007. We responded by uh, rejecting it and then offering uh, NATO membership to Ukraine and Georgia. That was followed, of course, by the Russian invasion of Georgia. Uh, then, um, you know, moving forward in 2014, we supported the uh, Maidan uh, coup against uh, the Democratic pro-Russian president, uh, Yukonovich, um, and that, uh, you know, provoked a, a Russian invasion of Crimea and a civil war in the Donbass region. And then we had the Minsk Accords, and uh, that was really, you know, the Minsk Accord, um, Minsk II, Minsk II agreement was, was really what Putin wanted to, he thought that would provide uh, Russia the security that he needed to avoid an invasion. Uh, but Ukraine, um, you know, refused to implement that. And then in 2021, um, 
you know, Zelensky uh, talked about um, that Ukraine was going to take back Crimea uh, th uh, through war if necessary, and that, that sparked a Russian military mobilization that the following day in March of 2021. And then in November, uh, probably the most critical thing that we did that provoked the invasion was we signed a strategic partnership in, uh, agreement on November 10th of 2021 uh, between the U.S. And, and Ukraine, in which we recommitted to uh, that Ukraine, uh, U.S. support uh, for Ukrainian membership, uh, not only in the EU, but in NATO as well. And that was followed in December um, with, uh, you know, uh, Putin's offering of, of a mutual security agreement, which uh, Dr. Pry uh, said was really very much in our interests, uh, almost more so uh, than, than Russia's. I, I wouldn't say more so, uh, but I think it, it was very much in our interests, and it, it was, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the nuclear provision, I, I don't necessarily, uh, would, I don't think I, I would have agreed to, uh, you know, removing all uh, nukes from, U.S. nukes from uh, Europe. Uh, but other than that, I think I think it was pretty reasonable. And essentially what it, what it, uh, uh, what it was is, uh, you know, we would have um, had to withdraw uh, U.S. and NATO troops from Eastern Europe. And that would have returned us to the, uh, the pre-2016 a status quo in, in Europe, in which uh, U.S. and Russian forces were not facing each other, you know, directly. Uh, you know, Rus there are Russian troops, of course, in Belarus uh, that, uh, that are near Poland and Lithuania, and then, of course, Estonia and Latvia border on Russia, uh, Russia proper. So, um, you know, during, during the entirety of the Cold War, we never had U.S. and NATO troops on Russia's borders. And beginning in 2002, actually 2016, uh, we, we did. We had, of course, uh, NATO troops in the Baltics uh, on, on Russia's uh, borders, but uh, U.S. troops uh, not until 2016. But uh, that's essentially, um, you know, it was, it was the U.S. rejection of uh, Russia's peace agreement and uh, refusal to uh, get Ukraine to, to support the implement the Meeks II agreement um, and, and really, ultimately, it was, uh, you know, uh, Putin had demanded a written guarantee that Ukraine would never join NATO. And that was something we could do with at, at no cost to U.S. national security. Uh, we could have done it because it was uh, an open secret that Ukraine never would join NATO because France and Germany had, had vetoed it uh, over the previous 14 years. And so uh, when Biden re refused to do that, it, he essentially chose war over peace. And that's why I've been referring to this war as Biden's war, because uh, Russia would not have invaded Ukraine uh, if we had made that guarantee and, and also uh, pressured Ukraine to implement the Minsk II agreement. And, and, and on some of that, I, w I will disagree. I mean, we could, we could take down the, the history of that in the sense of, you know, the problem that you do is you're, you're dealing with a Marxist. And one of the things that we know about Marxists is Marxist lying. When you say Marxist, who, what Marxist are you referring to? I'm referring to, to Putin. Okay. And, I, I would disagree that Putin's a Marxist. Well, he, all, all Soviet, I mean, when you look at it, it becomes control. But he is, he is um, schooled in Marxism. He is schooled in the tactics of Marxism. He is like, the, the fact of the matter is, is that there is uh, an agreement in, in, in um, 1992, right after that, that, you know, Russia has already signed that it would not attack Ukraine. 94. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the lessons the world needs to learn that is if, if, a, if a, 
uh, an agreement between a president uh, is not ratified by the, the Senate, it's not binding. I mean, I, you and I, I think, as constitutionals, yeah. but n uh, nevertheless, is the United States, Russia, Great Britain agreed to, uh, and, I, and I think that was one of Ukraine's greatest uh, threats, is that they trusted the United States, uh, Russia, and, and Great Britain for the yeah. national security. They okay. should never have given up those nuclear weapons. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I, I, was, I opposed it at the time. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, you know, and, th and that's the danger, is that's the type of things that you get that people in, uh, in, involved in. So the question is, is does, you know, there, there is this underlying military doctrine that we have provoked it. Now, I think some, you have to take about different things. I asked, I asked, you know, I, I spoke with a lot of, lots of military individuals uh, when I lived in, in that, and I asked if they feared the United States. And these are people that grew up in their careers in, in the military, and, and they did not fear the United States existentially. In other words, that they're very existent. Now, did they fear the United States in their realms of influence? That's a much different uh, issue. And so the question is, is, is expansion of NATO, or is, if you look at Axum Razor, uh, you know, which is, you know, the, the simplest answer is, is that, um, you know, thugs, and that's, you know, I, I think if we can agree that, uh, that Putin is a thug more than he is a, a Marxist or something like that, is uh, they like to take over other people. I mean, you have to understand the, the, the racism that, that is part of the Russian empire. What do you think about Putin's speech he gave a couple months ago <clears throat> where he talked about the uh, American leaders who are pushing their, uh, he didn't call it Marxist, but he talked about them them pushing this, destroying the family. And the wokeism. The wokeism. You know, he, I mean, he, he called America out yeah. for you know what we're doing in our schools, what we're doing in our militaries, for destroying the family, for destroying that, you know, that there's men and women, uh, you know, and, and the gender stuff. I mean, he, I, I found that, you know, I got to be honest. When I look at our leaders and their corruption and what they're doing to our military, what they're doing to devastate our uh, our economy, our borders, our our military, our military equipment, they're sending every they're they're leaving they're they're putting us in great jeopardy, getting rid of our oil and our oil reserves. And then I look at Putin. I'm not saying I'm pro-Putin, but but when I hear him call them out as evil. And what they're doing is destroying the family. I mean, yeah. how, 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 I mean, and, and then I look at Zelensky. You know, these videos of him dancing and as a you know tranny and homoerotic dancer. You know, yeah, yeah you're doing this. You know, <laughs> and all the all the corruption going on there. Look, I'm not pro Russia. I I think we will have Russian troops on our soil one day. I think we will in the not too far distant future have Russian and Chinese troops on our soil. And I'm very concerned because we about provoked it. it. Yeah, but, absolutely. But, but that's the problem. I, I feel Ooh. we are the ones provoking. Yeah. Now, the that, bear. I think yeah, there's 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 two two issues there and. Uh, one is you have to. Uh, Putin is very good. He's uh, when when President Trump says he's brilliant, he's brilliant. He is a master manipulator, and that, you know, and, and this is one of the dangers. Is well, you know, uh, if you want to talk about the number of affairs that, uh, you know, just because he's against homosexuality, does that make somebody a saint? Well, you know, he's got he's got illegitimate kids around. He, he has like that. So just because he says that doesn't mean that that's necessarily. Uh, you know what he is sure maybe yeah. he's trying to stir things up in, in america here yeah. but uh, but i will tell you this 
again, he, what he's saying about America and the globalism and, and the wokeism here and, and, and the destruction of the family uh, is accurate. Yeah, no, and, it, and what our leaders are doing is basically feels like like they are trying to take this country down from within. I, I, I agree, but you also have to – there's danger in thinking that the enemy of your enemy is always your friend. No, but and, I just don't understand the logic. Why in the world are we in Ukraine? Well, the, the question is, is because does that lead to the next thing? And does that, again... Uh, but, but, what, but, what's, but look at what you, this is costing us. Us being in Ukraine, we are starting... Uh, we are a proxy in war with Russia. Right, uh, yeah, yes. but, but yeah. I, I would argue that any time... And if you... Again, there, there, I wish we could go back and play the clip of Ronald Reagan because if you allow evil... Uh, and this is what Ukraine is evil. Well, uh, did you say Ukraine is evil? Ukraine is evil. Yeah. No, and, and Ukraine and is not evil. Ukraine well, the leaders in Ukraine. Yeah, Ukraine is fighting uh, Ukraine a just is war corrupt. of self-defense yeah. against illegal Russian aggression. Yeah. And, but and Zelensky, I would argue, is every bit as much of an autocratic, dictatorial figure as, as Putin. Now yeah. he's not. He's not invading other countries. He hasn't maybe killed quite as many. But he, he does assassinate. I mean, he orders the SBU, which is the Ukrainian KGB, to assassinate hundreds of Ukrainian citizens. I mean, why are we not in Africa? Why are we not in every single country where there's atrocities happening? What? Why? Are, why? The, the, my concern with us being you, in Ukraine, and, is, and is I would argue, and, and, and there's a difference between weapons, and, and we can debate whether we have military advisors there, but that. But as right now, that for me, that is the red line: is to have military people on the ground, which we but, do. We uh, actually have uh, hundreds uh, of special forces groups and CIA case officer operatives right. in Ukraine today. And and so if the, uh, the, the question is though, have we gained uh, have we gained uh, military intelligence from that? Uh, you look at what happened the first two days of that war, uh, and uh, Russia was able to jam Ukrainians uh, with much of their uh, equipment, but the problem is they found out that it also uh, jammed Russian military equipment, and they had to stop using it because that. That's a tremendous advantage for our military to get that. But the, the underlying question is, does it, does it make us the world safer or does it make it, you know, that's, that's the question. I, I, and, I agree. And, and does and it make, and, and again, this is my children, our children's future right. we're dealing with here. And, and what we're doing is basically getting back into an, into an arms race with Russia via well, Ukraine. Yeah, and, and, and here's one other thing, too, is we are – this is going to spark – Russia and China have an alliance. Us getting into war with Russia, which we are in war with Russia, is, is by virtue war. of yeah. – no, it's, it's by a virtue a war with, with China. Yeah, but, and, but and when China attacks Taiwan, when? Because we, we all agree that's going to happen, and that's a bigger problem than, than no, Ukraine, it's, it's right? Ten, it's ten times. Probably the problem. So when China attacks Taiwan – and we now are in war with China. Here's my concern. Because of Ukraine, what have we, what have, what's happened to us financially as a nation? What, what have we done since Ukraine with, with our oil reserves? What are we doing with our military equipment? With our mil we are destroying this country. We are, and we are bringing down our gates. We're putting on ourselves, there's certain ammo you can't even get anymore because we've shipped it all off. If we go to war with China, because of, we've given everything to Ukraine, our pants are down. No, I, and see, and that's, 
again, what you have to do is talk about, uh, you have to put probabilities to this difference. I, I agree with those concerns, uh, is you have, to, you have to balance it. But to say that there would be no problems if we did absolutely nothing, the, 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 the fact with of the Ukraine, matter, with you Ukraine, mean if we just completely stayed out? If we just completely stayed out. The best thing would have done is, I think we can all agree that if President Trump would have been president, we wouldn't be talking about this issue. Right, because he would, have, he would have provided the written guarantee to Russia yeah, that, you know, that, we, that and, Ukraine would never join and it. Ukraine And the Ukrainian people, I would argue, is being used uh, by the uh, the. Um, the Biden, because right. if you really wanted to, the best type of war is no war. Right. And if you really wanted to stop, rather than bragging that he had military intelligence that he Ukraine was going to be attacked, he could have. If he was going to give those Stinger missiles anyway, he should have given them before when he had that intelligence. Now, now he's the the, the Ukrainian people. Are, but but here really is my, is my concern in the world, where you look with what China is doing around the world. Um, you know, it, it is this danger of getting into this thought that um, there, there, are two, there are two world orders that are trying to take over the United States right now. One is communist China, who is, if you understand, they see the last 500 years as an anomaly. They want to be center of the universe. I don't want, but, but Putin is really t literally telling his people, because I've heard it in Russian, that he wants a new world order with Russia and, and China at the center with the United States on the sidelines. Now, I don't want that new world order any more than I want uh, uh, the World Economic Forum's world order. And if I have to choose, I'd actually choose the World Economic Forum because they just cancel you. No, we're, we're, no, we're, we're, no. Well, part of theirs is, is, is wait, reduction of population. Well, right. Really no, we're all right. I, I, yeah, but it, it is. Right. It's a slow cancel, but... But Russia and China have a history of killing 100 million. They, they killed more people last century than anybody 100%. else. And, and so the question is, is how do we negotiate? Is there a third option? And, and my, my fear is that, um, and so that's what you have to, uh, to, to balance is where do you get that? Plus, the, the question, too, is that, and this is one of the things that we're going to have to learn with the next election, we still live in a representative republic. We have to get the votes to win. But at a republic. And so how do you find that balance? Because my concern, and, and, and some of the underlying things, whether we talk about the revolution in 2014, how much the U.S. is involved, and how, there, there are some, some, some differences there. Uh, but but I, I do get concerned when we say that Putin, uh, we forget who he, who his background, his training, his things like that. I don't. I li literally don't want that. I also don't want Russia to go away, so because if Russia goes away, like the Biden administration wants to do it, and and this is where he is irresponsible. This is this is where we can all agree is you don't talk about regime change with a, a nation that has more nuclear weapons than you. No. You don't, you don't give the guy a way out. You, do, you don't say that the, there can't be a negotiated settlement. You know, but but here, here's my concern, though. Since before Trump was in office, <clears throat> how many times have we heard Russia collusion, Russia this, Russia, oh, it was Russia, Russia, Russia. Our, the, the, the elite in this country have been trying to get us into war with Russia 
since before Trump was in office. Everything that happened was always Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. Why have they been so eager to get us into war with Russia? The, the and, yeah, the and, Democrats and, have been trying to. They, they and it's not just the Democrats. The Democrats because use he refused it, right? to have World War III right? with Russia. But but then but then it's, you get this, these propaganda machines that are out there saying, you know, wear a mask, wear a mask, take the vaccine, take the vaccine, take the vaccine. Um, it's safe and effective. And, and then overnight, it's we. It, it all the billboards switched from vaccine and mandate and to we stand with yeah, Ukraine. And, but, and here's here's all all the puppets. All the puppets. But yeah. but the danger though, Jason, is is that what's the best type of lie? Somebody that uh, you know. And this is the danger that you get with some things. Is that the best liar is one that doesn't lie to you all the time. And, and and so the danger is 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 well I can't trust anything the media ever says because sometimes you throw some truth in there you so so throw some under. you're right I mean look and, what they and, do is when Trump was in office they were constantly Trump anti Trump anti Trump anti Trump anti Trump I, I mean I will tell you the general message from the media has been absolute fake news it has been yeah. absolute mm -hmm. propaganda 80 percent of what we hear about ukraine is disinformation e and and then ukraine when all the of them regime. switch and, and when the when the narrative switches overnight to stand with ukraine stand with ukraine and the propaganda on the news is it, everything they're trying to do is trying to do what they've been doing since before trying to before ukraine even entered the picture they have been trying to drive us into war with russia and yes. to me ukraine is simply the meat shield they're using Ukraine is 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 now. This is the reason we're going to go to war with Russia because look what they're doing to poor Ukraine. And, and Ukraine I'm not justifying that Ukraine doesn't should should be not be independent, but the problem is what's there. They are in a awful big rush to get us into war with Russia. And my concern with going to war with Russia is what's is not Russia. It's China. No, right. Because well, once we're in war with Russia, and now we're in war with China, and our pants are down, our borders are down, our we we have no ability to produce energy independently. <clears throat> I mean, our economy's in the toilet. We've shipped out all of our weapons. We've left eighty-five billion in Afghanistan, and then we've shipped off th three times as yeah, many. We are in massive. They are setting us up for a fall, and they're using Ukraine and Russia as a, as as a as as the driver to get us all war hungry and not use our heads to think what's actually coming. That's, well, why, that's why it's so critical that we we support a ceasefire. You know, General Mark Milley, someone who I view as a traitor, you know, who who uh, you know essentially said he was going to betray the, the country to uh, communist China, who tried to do a stealth coup against uh, against Trump, military coup, um, and yet he he is the one voice of reason in in the Biden administration because you know as I've argued I, I wrote a piece in the National Interest back in September arguing that a, a ceasefire is is the, the way that we help Ukraine the most because a ceasefire would lock in Ukrainian battlefield gains so uh, you know I think I think Russia would largely accept uh, an armistice along the current line of control. Now they would want uh, Western Don uh, Donetsk, which is about you know they control only sixty percent of uh, Donetsk uh, uh, Oblast, which is part of what they they uh, said they fought the war over in the, in the first place. Uh, but if we could if we could get that ceasefire in place, if we could uh, you know and start peace negotiations, but permanently end the conflict, uh, you know begin normalizing uh, relations with Russia, you know if we could create a peace agreement with Russia in which. 
you know, they stop killing Ukrainians, they stop invading uh, Ukraine. Ukraine, Ukrainian political and, and economic independence are guaranteed by the United States. You know, if we if we could make it make an agreement, so um, you know, if in exchange for Russian adherence to uh, to uh, a peace agreement, whether that's an armistice agreement, that essentially uh, has line of control as it is today, without you know a permanent peace, much as we had. Um, uh, in, in, a, in past conflicts like World War II, um, then we could, uh, you know, we could kind of break up the, the Sino-Russian alliance if we were, to, you know, to have a, you know, an agreement where uh, Russian troops were withdrawn from Belarus and, uh, you know, obviously uh, Ukraine's new borders, uh, as well as well as uh, U.S. and Western NATO troops from Eastern Europe. Uh, then we could kind of end, essentially end the, the Cold War we, with Russia, end the Russian nuclear threat, and then we and decouple Russia from their military alliance with China so that if China were to invade Taiwan, they would do so without the confidence of knowing that Russia would, would enter the conflict on, on the Chinese side. And I think that would, uh, that would be a, a huge strategic win for us. And we could do it at the same, you know, we could, again, we could begin rebuilding Ukraine. It's going to take a trillion dollars estimated to, to rebuild Ukraine. We could have seven and a half million How much money have we Ukrainians Ukraine? return to Ukraine. How much money have we sent to Ukraine? Uh, well, at current, it's 70 billion at this is, point. Is what's pledged. That, that's, not all, that's not gone there yet. Okay, how, uh, how much money do they say we couldn't spend for, to finish our wall, our borders? Oh, zero. I mean, how much money did we want, did, were, were we asking for to finish the wall? Oh, it's it's in the it's in, it's less than ten billion. Yeah, less than yeah. so we don't have ten yeah, billion dollars yeah, yeah. yeah. no, to, to, no, to secure our right. borders. Let's, let's be on, completely honest. It's it's will. You know the the danger of of what we have right now is just, we just have Americans that don't care about the border or want to under. You know, it is. Is a, it, it Americans is, or is it a government? No, it's it, well. It is our government, but they're also a, t a terribly naive people. You look at I agree uh, New York's uh, mayor. They they. We're talking about less than 500 or less than 1,000 people that have been shipped to New York. Yeah. And they are covering their, their budgets uh, because they have a budget uh, billion-dollar uh, budget surplus, the New York mayor is. He's complaining. Yeah, and yet, the, uh, yet Texas <laughs> and Arizona have uh, been absorbing these amounts yeah. for years. In, or, in order to flip those yeah. states <laughs> into, into yeah. liberal right. states. Yeah. Here's, here's one of my... You know, one of my concerns when we talk about our involvement with getting involved with Ukraine and getting involved with Russia and getting into war, you mentioned Reagan. Um, Reagan, 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 Reagan believed in peace he through never strength. Reagan believed in peace through strength. Strength, right. I, I believe in peace through strength. But guess what? Biden does not. We are not in a state... We are in no place to take on the world. We are in no place to take on China. We are in our, our, we have a government who's already taken over this country. I don't believe we have a legitimate government uh, executive branch in our government to start with. And and everything they've done, destroying our military, they've, they're waging war on this country from within. We are in no place when we are racked with internal war, when we're in civil war, when, we're, when our defense budget's down, when, when our military is at record, when all of everything you need to go to war, we're not, are we, do, we, we do not have strength. We are in a, in a place of weakness. And so 
we, yes, and we, and Reagan we can't. was in office, boom, let's go. Like, no, well, we are the king of the hill, and we're, and we're going to use peace through strength. But when we have a country that's, that's, that has been being destroyed from within, we cannot go and be the bully around the right. neighborhood. Right, and, th- and th- again, that's, to me, that's, that's the difference between, you know, that's why I, I'm, you know, I'm not a big believer uh, in, you know, if people are willing to fight for themselves, help them with that, but, then, but, but don't shed our blood, which, which the lessons, you know, David and I completely agree over the last, 20 years in the Middle East, I think, uh, you know, uh, where we shouldn't have been. In, in, we're in co- places that we we don't understand Islam, that, that they're no, not ready we, for we, uh, we democratic have countries. Like that. Uh, America has been acting like an empire. Yeah. Right. The, and the real danger, I agree, the real danger of Biden, and this is the, the da- danger of liberals in gen- uh, general, is they're willing to a- uh, speak tough, but they're not willing to do the heavy lifting. And uh, one of the things, like you're saying, is that Reagan was willing to not only speak tough, but what he did to the military. Biden is going to get us into World War III. I, all I'm saying is the question, though, is is we can all agree that— How do we stop him? Yeah. How, how do we stop how, him from starting World War III? Oh, how do we stop Biden? Biden? Yes. You know, uh, uh, that is—you uh, know, that is a— a, a good question as far as what you got to have people willing to, to stand up for, for me I am greatly concerned about the next two years you know it, the best thing to do is and, and this is my you know to use a term that is often credited to Stalin as useful idiots is that you know this last election was very disheartening for me is you know I mean you know it's, it's the same thing that we said on the trail is you know life was good in 2020 you know record low gas Energy, energy independence, independence. no new wars. We, we were on top of the, uh, we were on top of the uh, world, uh, but all of a sudden, oh well, it, you know, it's just a a little military problem with uh, withdrawing from Afghanistan that gave China where they can reverse engineer. Our, you know that that equipment's not being used in China or in Afghanistan. And it's being sold to the highest bidder, and yeah. it, and most of that's going to China, and some of it's going to Russia. And so the question is, at what point does it keep going, does it spiral? And so that's where we agree. I think, you know, how, how do we get out of the mess that we have right now? Uh, how do we still help people understand that we are still the bastion of, of freedom? How do we wake people up to our real threat, our Achilles heel of, of EMP? You know, I, I had to, I often have to left, uh, explain to people, I had a friend at a football game we were talking, he said, well, why is Kim Jong-un? such a problem it's just a minor thing we could blow him up well it takes you know i had to explain to him you read the 2004 and 2008 congressional reports that estimate that 90 percent of americans would die with one emp and that's why you have to worry about that's why why you have to worry about uh you know biden's uh, ridiculous uh iran agreements and stuff like that because if iran gets it the the difference from that is uh kim jong-un's is he's he doesn't have a religious fanaticism that Iran has, and that's why we have to, you know, make sure that we have strengths to to prevent these places from happening. And we've we've got about ten minutes. I want to hear uh, if things don't turn around, what do you see coming down the pipeline over the next, you know, in the short term, the next, you know six months and then over the next couple of years what do you see and then i want to hear your thoughts as well you know my biggest uh you know it's, it's kind of what a neighbor that i have great respect for he's never been highly political but he said to me during the COVID stuff he says you know chris it's no longer the government that i fear that it's my neighbor that i fear 
And it's not fear physically, it's the naivety of our uh, neighbors. And that's the thing that I, um, I agree that we're closer. I, I was born in 1965, two years after the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. We're, we're closer to nuclear war than we've ever been. It's not, it, again, it's not just Ukraine and Russia. It is other places around the world. We don't understand how quickly socialism can destroy a country. I mean, you see what's happened in the last two years. Biden has taken us down. We have gone from being top. And so my concern is, is I'm trying to go two fronts. I, I will never give up on this country. But I've taken my solar panels off my house. They're in the garage or off my trailer. I, I'll put a Faraday cage around them. Uh, and I'm, I'm planning for a worst case scenario. And, and yet I'm still s trying to win the hearts and minds of uh, the people out there. We still have to, again, uh, I, I'm so frustrated that people don't understand it, but, but you know, we, we have to do better at elections. And there, you know, we, we can, you and I agree, we're paper ballot people, but we also have to learn to play the game the way that it's being played. Do you think Utah is the gold standard in elections? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, DJ Hendricks. I think we're, we're, we're 30, 38th, uh, well, and the danger, the danger of Utah, and this is what conservatives in Utah don't understand, is people bring things to Utah because Utah has the misperception of being a conservative state, and then they take them out. They did that with the illegal immigration. They, they figure if they can get Utah to support illegal immigration, they can get anything. They, if they rank can get choice uh, voting, uh, uh, rank choice voting, yeah. vote by mail, they come to Utah first, and then they push it out. Isn't so it funny how, how invested the UN is in Utah? A lot of UN programs here. Yeah. David, what, what, are your, uh, what are your biggest concerns, short-term and long-term? What, what do you see? Well, I think I think uh, Chris is right about the socialism in America, and you know, of course, rigging the vote and, and um, you know stealing elections left and right. I think we, um, the, the Democrats, likely stole about four governorships. For I think it'll end up being four. I think you know they're going to steal the, the the runoff in Georgia for the U.S. Senate and uh, about 25 House races. But the biggest that's not the biggest threat. The biggest threat we're facing is uh, Biden is pursuing a policy uh, of national suicide. In my estimation, it's. It's uh, what uh, Frank Gaffney and I have been calling uh, war through weakness. And it's the opposite of peace through strength. You know, a lot of people, conservatives, mm -hmm. sometimes realize that peace through strength doesn't mean war. No, you know, no. It, me it means you negotiate to avoid wars. And that's what Reagan did. You know, Reagan, he did fight proxy wars along the, the fringes of the, of the Soviet empire. And, you know, in, in uh, Nicaragua, well, it wasn't, you know, his Nicaragua was our backyard, right? And then uh, as well as in Angola. Uh, Afghan and yeah, and Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Uh, but he never fought within uh, the, you know, the full Soviet sphere of influence. For example, he, he abided by the Alta Agreement, which Eastern Europe was, uh, uh, was effectively uh, you know, this part of the Soviet sphere. And so for that reason, I think he would never even have considered uh, you know, sending uh, weapons to Ukraine. Um, you know, uh, uh, Russia is, you know, Ukraine is literally Russia's number one vital interest. You know, the comparison I've made is that if Texas were to have uh, declared independence in 1991 and then started allying with Russia and China, having you know hundreds of Russian and Chinese troops uh, conducting in in Texas, con uh, conducting joint military exercising and, and exercises with them, uh, and tr and uh, you know receiving weapons and uh, aligning with them, uh, uh, we we would have invaded 
uh, invaded I'll Texas, I'll bombed, go the, cr- bombed the crap out of them. I'll and go we would have annexed all of Texas and called it a defensive war, and that's essentially what well, Russia's we'll done. Well, we'll go. It's, it's actually it's the Monroe Doctrine states that if if right. if China or Russia got involved in Mexico or South America, yeah. we would get involved because the Monroe Doctrine states right. states that but, we will let so no but foreign but China powers. China is in China is in Mexico right now. I know. It's fentanyl. It's setting yeah. up all over uh, South uh, America. Right. It's yeah, dangerous. Yeah. We've let things get out of control. Yeah. But yeah. you're right. So every nuclear superpower, th- and this is part, this is something I proposed back in 2019, um, doing some kind of either a formal or an informal s- uh, sphere of influence agreement, which we, you know, even if we just unilaterally made the decision uh, that we, we drew kind of a, a line, um, you know, uh, uh, w- that we would not cross with U.S. military forces. The reason that we're, we're being threatened with w- World War III, a nuclear EMP World War III that would inevitably destroy our country, uh, and fragment it into probably hundreds of pieces, city-states, um, is because we um, are provoking war uh, with Russia and China by um, sending U.S. military forces into their spheres of influence. Now, if we, if we were to stay out of, for example, Taiwan, South China Sea, East China Sea, if we were to um, you know, pull our troops out of Eastern Europe, which is not a national, not only is Ukraine not a national interest of the United States, I would argue uh, Eastern Europe isn't as well. It never has been, or we wouldn't, uh, Churchill would not have relegated it to, to Soviet satellite status uh, at the Alta Agreement in 1945, which again uh, was, uh, was honored by the U.S. up until 1999 when we expanded uh, NATO into, the, into Eastern Europe. So, you know, it's not rocket science to, to avoid World War III. What we have to do is we have to fundamentally transform our policies uh, to one where we only protect our treaty allies. Now, that's a hard thing for me to say because, you know, of course I want the best for the Ukra- Ukrainians, but uh, even more so probably for Taiwan. You know, I, I feel like, you know, we betrayed Taiwan, uh, we betrayed China, mainland China, the communists, Truman did. Uh, you know, we didn't, of course, but Truman and, and his fellow, um, you know, pro-communist uh, leaders in the U.S. Uh, betrayed uh, China. Marshall, General Marshall, of course, was, was the worst. Um, but, you know, I- about 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, I, I made the decision it, that it was not worth the lives of 200 million Americans to defend Taiwan. And the military balance has gotten to the point where, uh, you know, President Trump, of course, has, has admitted there's no chance that we could uh, successfully win a war or defend Taiwan against uh, China, uh, being that it's 81 miles away versus 6,900 miles from the U.S. And, uh, you know, Ch- uh, China would have 10 times more ships. I mean, they have uh, overwhelming theater uh, nuclear superiority over us in the region. We don't even have nukes in the Pacific outside of uh, our two nuclear missile submarines. And so um, we have to think, we have to pursue a realistic foreign policy. We should have strategic clarity with Taiwan in, w- uh, in which uh, Biden declares, just like he declared with Ukraine, that the U- U.S. would not defend, will not defend Taiwan militarily, but we will defend each of our treaty allies, including South Korea, Japan, Australia, and the Philippines, as well as all of Na- uh, NATO's members. And we also have, we have to cut off military aid uh, to Ukraine because uh, there's no way Zelensky will entertain peace negotiations with Russia seriously without, uh, with, as long as we continue to support him militarily. 
Um, and, and that will allow us to achieve the ceasefire that, that General Noe has been advocating. Awesome. And I hope we get the, uh, ch an opportunity to come back, because we have some slight differences that I would love to, to yeah. follow up yeah. on. But, but the big thing, uh, but the biggest agreement is I, th I do think that we, uh, you know, it, it's what we do, what's in America's uh, best interest. And we need to talk about that. So yeah. I want to thank uh, both of you guys for coming on. And, and our listeners, uh, I want to hit on, on election integrity one more time because as long as we continue to have politicians who are seeking their best interests, who are making backdoor deals with China, China is a threat right now. China is a superpower on the verge of taking this country down because our politicians have enriched them. China did not become a superpower. Well, it became a superpower at our expense, on, on our backs. And unless we get different type of politicians in office, we will not get this country fixed. Go to our website, wearethepeople.org. Again, it's wearethepeople.org. Click Take Action. There is a spot right there where you can send a letter to all of your representatives, including the governor and the lieutenant governor, and tell them if you support Governor DeSantis, which they all came out and said they want him to run for president, then support his election reforms. Send a letter to your reps. Tell them to implement Florida's election reforms in Utah. You want Governor DeSantis? Then show us and implement his election reforms in Utah. Don't tell us we're the gold standard when we're ranked 38. Get involved. Stand up and fight just like these great men. We all have a role to play. God bless you all. Enjoy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you all Monday. Thank you, guys.